Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Digital Nomad TV on my series, Badass Digital Nomads, where I take you all around the world to hear stories of real people and how they transition from a traditional conventional life to one of location independence and freedom and jobs that they created all over the world. Today I'm here in London with Anthony Knowles. What's up? And I actually found Anthony on Instagram. I was attracted to some of his super cool edits that he posted. Who knows how I found them in the Instagram rabbit hole. But I was really impressed with not just the quality of his videography and editing, but in his posts, his very personal and positive and vulnerable Instagram posts. So I've been following him for a few months now and I wanted to link up and talk with him about how he started, how much has changed for him in the past couple of years and how fast your life can change in just a matter of a few months, going from the status quo to digital nomad. So welcome to the show, Anthony. Thank you very much for having me. Really, I think filmmaking for me started when I was about the age of 13 and uh, I started getting into what's called parkour and free running. And uh, what that involves is kind of, you know, doing flips, jumping around, that kind of thing. And, you know, naturally I had some friends uh, through that. And uh, we came down here to uh, where we are now in London, Waterloo. And this was our main uh, spot where we used to come down on the weekends, um, train, hang out. And uh, this is where I first picked up a camera and started making videos, which is where it first sort of happened. Yeah, so I think that's really cool because... I grew up in the surf industry and all my friends were surfers and skaters. So I can totally relate to that time when everyone was shooting like, yeah, parkour, skating and all kinds of just like urban videos on the old school cameras. Um, what, I guess, what inspired you to pick up a camera in the first place? Like, how did you come up with that idea? Because a lot of people think that certain skills are out of their reach or that they're not creative or they don't know where to start. So like, how did you end up picking up a camera in the first place? I could probably trace the first bit of creativity back really to when I was a kid. I was always looking at stuff in weird ways. Like I'd literally stand there and like look at something for like 10 minutes straight. Like, and I think that was the first kind of hint of something that was creative in me. But I didn't really see it at that time as something that may have turned into filmmaking or photography or anything like that. But what happened was I started getting into this parkour and free running thing. And naturally, you know, when you're 13, 14 years old, you want to show your friends that you can backflip. So what we do, I mean, we had mobile phones that had cameras on them, not very good cameras, but we had cameras. Um, and, you know, it just started with me filming my, me and my brother jumping over fences and doing flips pretty much. And it was like that for quite a while, you know, to the point where I'd start making little montages of like what we could do on like Movie Maker and stuff like that at like 13, 14 years old. And then pretty quickly it started developing into a bit of a passion, a bit of a love for what I was doing. You know, I started enjoying putting these videos together. Friends would tell me, hey, your videos are really good. Like you should make more. And uh, it just kind of led on from that. And it developed and snowballed into kind of what it is now. But it got to a point where I was at school in the week and I didn't really enjoy school much. So on the weekends, it was really my time to express myself through filmmaking, where I'd come down and train with friends, do this parkour and free running stuff. And I was able to make videos of that, of me and my friends hanging out and doing all this cool stuff. 
And uh, it got to the point where I was making these really big videos to like music and start getting some good view counts. People were saying, yo, you know, you're really good, make more videos and that kept me going. Back then it was really like, it was so pure, like I wasn't getting paid for it. I wasn't getting anything for it. It was just, I had this deep love and passion for just this visual creativity. Like the love just drove me forward and I loved every minute of it. It really just developed into what it is now. So I carried on doing it. I left school about 16. I was at college for two years. I went to a school in Croydon called the Brit School, which was great. It was, it was good fun. There? I did like um, this media course. Uh, it wasn't specifically video. It was kind of photography, radio, you know, marketing, like kind of everything compiled into one course. It was cool. Like I didn't really learn a whole lot if I'm completely honest. Um, and it wasn't really targeted at what I wanted to do. But I met some great people that I've got some friends I still have today. A lot of people say that about school, about business school, about photography, film school and university. They're like, I didn't really learn much. But when I graduated, I learned so much. Yeah. So what happened between college or university? And then today you've been traveling around the world for two years. You're 22 years old. Um, where Was there a gap between going to college or uni and getting your first job uh, filmmaking with, with Jabril? Like what was, what was the gap? Because there's always what I think is like a low point where people don't know what they're doing and they start getting really down on themselves and depressed. And they're like, I don't like where I am, but how do I get to where I want to be? So can you tell me about what your life was feeling like at that time? Were you confused? Were you lost? Did you have like a clear vision of what you wanted to do? And then how did you get yourself out of that situation into the job, the filmmaking job that you have that led you to travel? So I guess in the past sort of five years since I left my school um, and went into college, my life has changed a lot. A lot of crazy events have happened. Um, I've got a lot of a darker past. And really what happened was I went into Brit school and I didn't really kind of engage too much with what was going on in those classes. I just wanted to go out there and start making videos. But I had to do this kind of this, what I thought was a tedious kind of course. And in my mind, the way to get good at what you do is just to do it. Like if a footballer, like Cristiano Ronaldo, to get the best, to be one of the best players in the world, he didn't get there by reading books and studying football. He did it by practicing every day. And that's just what I wanted to do because I loved it. Now, while I was uh, midway through my course, you know, a lot of things happened in my life that I wish never happened. When I was 17, you know, my brother passed away, which was like, like a big blow to kind of everything that I had going on. And that kind of, I, you know, I was down in like this hole for so long and it just disrupted my creativity and you know everything I was doing I wasn't making any videos for for a long time but you know eventually I kind of things started to get easier I started to get into you know making videos again and I finished up uh, on my course at college and I, I left and uh, I was one of the only people in my class that didn't apply for university and so what happened was I, I left and uh, I remember getting home I, rem I remember my mom saying to me uh, so Anthony, when are you, when are you going to get a job? And I was like, mama, I just want to make videos. Like, don't worry, I'm going to try and make this work. 
So I started up a business, started making videos freelance. And within about two or three months, what happened was I applied for a bursary, which is where like a sponsor will like give you money. Mm-hmm. Basically no catch, like depending on, like it was like a competition basically. So I showed them like what my plan was and like what my business was about was making freelance content and um, pitched the idea to them. They gave me like 8,000 pounds to spend on like equipment, uh, which was like a blessing because it really like at the time I didn't have a whole lot of equipment, didn't have any money, I had like nothing. And um, I spent that on equipment. And from there I was able to, you know, make more content. For the first few months, it was just free work. You know, I was just trying to get stuff done so I could get get, a portfolio. So I can pitch that to clients and make some money because I had no money at the time. And uh, eventually I started picking up work, getting a few jobs here and there. And, uh, you know, I started working for some corporate companies up in London. And uh, yeah, I started making a bit of money. A couple grand here, a couple grand there. It was definitely, definitely wasn't easy. You know, sometimes I was going months, week, weeks, months without work. And it was very difficult. Um, but then I was doing that for about two years. I was literally doing that for about two years. And I loved it. I absolutely loved every minute of it. It was the one time in my life where I truly knew that I was embracing what I wanted to do, waking up every day doing exactly what I wanted to fulfill. How were you getting jobs? Like, were you pitching your portfolio to companies or people? Because uh, that's one of the things that I hear people talk about the most is like, yeah, I have this skill of videography or whatever, but how do I get paid? Like, how do I find people to hire me so what how did you go about that because it seems like you were really just making it up as you went along which is what i did which is what so many people do and just hustling so back then it was really hard like navigating that like just the marketing of everything was probably the most difficult part of promoting you know what i was doing so initially what happened was with the bursary i got the people from that bursary forwarded my contacts to a corporate client which ended up you know hiring me to do some work for them and then from that client they it was kind of from there on it was kind of word of mouth referrals referrals that kind of thing i mean if i had the knowledge i have now like with fa- like i would just run a facebook ad like or, or instagram ad or something like that but yeah. back then i didn't even know that that sort of stuff existed i didn't even know that people working online or traveling while working and living this quote unquote digital nomad lifestyle i didn't know anything about that um But so what happened was, you know, did that for about two years. And then one evening I was uh, scrolling through Facebook, which, you know, most of the time is just a kind of a waste of time anyway. Um, But I came across like an ad, like a video ad. And uh, it was a man I know now called Jabril, one of my best friends. And um, one of the people that's now changed pretty much my life. So he had a video ad on Facebook. Pretty much he was in London at the time and he was looking for a filmmaker to come travel with his team, make these cool videos around the world. And uh, at the time, I was kind of at a point in my life where I wanted something to change because things were cool, but I wasn't at that point as a filmmaker where I was really taken off yeah. and like excelling at what I did. And I just needed the opportunity. Yeah, I wasn't completely fulfilled. So I... He was basically looking for a filmmaker and what he needed was obviously some portfolio work and a video of myself kind of explained who I was. Uh, it was like 4am in the morning. And so I decided right there and then to apply for it. 
And so I sent through my work. I did a little video of myself explaining who I was. I actually went out into the park behind my house. I went out at like 5 a.m. to film this little video on my phone. And uh, I sent it through, not really expecting much because it seemed like a pretty high-end thing. Um, I knew my capabilities, but you know, I doubted myself because I was like, you know, so many people are applying. I don't know if I'm going to get this. And so, yeah, I sent it all through. And uh, a couple of days later, I was, uh, I was actually doing a shoot up in Liverpool. I was in the back of a car at like 2 a.m. or something, uh, freezing cold. And I'm checking my email and I just see, let's meet Tuesday. So um, <laughs> I meet him a few days later, meet Jabril for the first time up in London, up in Clapham. We have a great chat for like an hour and a half about stuff, you know, just a really nice conversation. And uh, yeah, like a couple months later, you know, a bit of back and forth, a bit of, uh, a bit of stuff, uh, a bit of e few emails, a little bit of editing for him. Um, he ends up flying me out to Bangkok in January 2017. Going pretty much since then, we've been working together ever since. I've been traveling the world. I've been to some incredible places. I've seen some amazing things. I've captured some amazing things. And it's been quite a ride. It's been amazing. So I think the holy grail for a lot of people is to be able to travel around the world filming travel videos or working in some travel-related capacity. What are some of the highs and lows that you've seen in your travels? Like before you started traveling with Jibreel, had you been outside of the UK or how much had you traveled before? Before I started traveling with Jibreel, my traveling was actually pretty limited. So I come from quite humble beginnings. I grew up in a working class part of London and we didn't go on holiday that much like when I was younger. Or if we did, it was within the UK. And so, yeah, I've, I've been to some countries before I've met him. So I've been to the US once. I've been to Spain, some places in Europe, but not a huge amount of traveling. And so after meeting Jabril, it was just like being thrown into this completely new lifestyle. And I think for such a long time, I was in complete just shock of like the experiences that come my way. And I didn't even really take it in fully. Like it was just, it was coming at me so fast that I didn't even realize what was yeah. really going on it was it was being like almost just this complete stimulation like of Portland, everything yeah countries different people jet lag exactly editing yeah exactly how much time do you spend working when you're on the road would you say i mean it's hard to really put a number on it um we'll have like a an itinerary and every day we'll be shooting so sometimes some weeks i'll be shooting like all week and then the next week I could be like editing or I could be editing for like a month or like shooting for like a month. Yeah. So it's very kind of like I'm editing or I'm shooting most of the time. While I can do a bit of both as well, usually after like a full day of shooting, I'm not really in the mood to like edit. Yeah. Some people can do it, but I like to kind of, you know, shoot one day, have another day dedicated to editing. But there's a great deal of work in kind of everything we do. and. I would say most of my time I am editing because it's just such a time-consuming yeah. task. And so pretty much uh, about a year ago, I decided to set base in um, Chiang Mai, Thailand. Um, one, because it's super cheap. Um, you know, I love Thailand, super friendly people. The weather's good. And uh, yeah, it's just a really cheap place to live. Um, it's a really easy place to live and a great place to set base if you're working online or like me, you edit. And, uh, you know, I just needed a hub. Um, a place to go 
when I was in my editing phase, which was sometimes for like a month, two months. Yeah. So I kind of, Chiang Mai is my like hub and then I travel to these other places. Um, but Chiang Mai is kind of where I edit mostly. Um, or back here in London. Uh, I do like coming back to London from time to time as well. A big reason why I'm back in London at the moment is just because I've been doing this for quite a while now, almost without like a break. Yeah. And recently I've just found myself a little more burnt out than usual. And I just need to be, I, I want to be in a place where I can have my feet in the same soil for more than like a month at a time. Sometimes we need that. Sometimes we need just time to recuperate. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm back here for a few months just to get my head straight and um, focus on my health, my mental health. And then hopefully next year, early next year, continue um, with this traveling. Yeah. Now that you've worked with so many experienced people, You've worked with uh, people who've been traveling around the world for years. You've lived in Chiang Mai, which, as you guys all know, is a hub for digital nomads. What are some of the mistakes that you see people making as they try to kind of emulate and model this kind of lifestyle? Because I'm always telling my viewers that I think people travel too fast. You know, I think that they don't have a good balance between the hours they work the hours they're traveling and the hours they're socializing. So you've probably come into contact with hundreds of, uh, of digital nomads and travelers and bloggers and influential people. But what are some of the mistakes that you see people making who are just starting out, whether they're traveling part-time or full-time? You know, I think well, what you should try to do is figure out a plan beforehand, figure out kind of what you want to do, how much, you know, set yourself some goals, you know, how much money do you want to make a month? How much money do you want to make in one year? And I think you should at least be a point where you can sustain yourself in a place like Chiang Mai, Thailand. Because, you know, a lot of people as well, there's a lot of misconceptions about Thailand. Like, yeah, well, it is cheap. It's really up to you how much you want to spend there. You know, if you want to spend a lot of money in Thailand, you absolutely can. Um, plenty of people go in there with a lot of money and come out with no money. I think what everyone's got to do is um, take whatever drives you, whatever is that burning desire in you, something that you wake up every day like it's the first thing you think about in the morning, the first thing you really want to um, make happen in a day. You need to take that and you need to put that into like, you need to push that as a working force into what you want to do. You need to really put effort into making that dream, that desire become a reality. Now for me, like, I mean, I'll just say how it is. Like when I was growing up, I loved to make videos. And so that continued through my life and it's still, a big passion of mine today. Now, obviously, we're all going to have events in our life, things that we don't want to happen, bad things happen, you know, to everyone, some worse than others. When my brother died, it messed me up for so long. It really did. My mindset changed. You know, I had some mental problems going on. I had some anger issues. And for the longest time, I was lost in my life. I didn't know really where I was heading. The film dream kind of just I don't know, it was almost like it got covered up like a, like a mask. It kind of just got put into the background a little bit. Um, but after a while, I started to realize that life is so short. Life is so precious. I know it sounds kind of cliche, but, you know, it really is. Um, I had no, no idea my brother was going to die. And uh, it just made me how, realize how delicate it is and how quickly it can be taken away. And it just reinstated to me that life can be taken away at any moment. and I didn't actually have that long left. We look our lives and we say, yeah, we might live to 70, 80, you know, might live to 60, if we might live to 90 if we're lucky. 
but there's no guarantees of that. You know, there's no guarantee I'll be here tomorrow. There's no guarantee I'll even make 30. You know, there's, there's no guarantees in life. And so you really need to just enjoy every day, you know, um, live your passions and just make it happen. And, you know, there's been experiences in my life last year. Um, I was in a pretty serious situation as well. I was in South Africa and, um, you know, I woke up with uh, people pointing guns to my head and uh, got tied up, um, almost got shot and killed that night. And that, again, reinstated that life can be taken away at any moment. But I'm not going to sit here and just complain about the things I've been through and use it as an excuse not to be great, not to, you know, be as good as I can be. And so I really just, it, it, it toughened my skin a lot. And it made me just really get, get on with it, no matter the circumstance, no matter what happens to me, I can keep going. Yeah. And so my mindset has strengthened since those days. You know, I wish they never happened and I wish I could go back and I wish things were a different way. In, in so many respects, I wish my life was a different way. Yeah. But this is the way I've got it. This is what I've got to do. This is what you're given in life. This is how you're going to deal with it. Bad things happen in our lives, but we can use it as a lesson or we can use it as something to complain about something or we can use it as a reason as to why our lives aren't the way they want to be right you know so you got to use them as lessons you got to use them as as something to learn from yeah. and uh, develop from and that's exactly what i used it for but it took a long time for me to accept that this has happened in my life and it was here for a reason. But one of the big takeaways from this conversation with Anthony, and remember he's only 22 years old and that's how old I was when I moved to Costa Rica for the first time, is like, if you have an idea for something that you wanna do, and surely many of your friends and family members aren't going to necessarily understand it, but just pursue that and see what happens. And remember that your mindset is really like, we're usually our own worst enemy. We're usually the only people holding ourselves back. So it's like, once you open your mindset and you're able to get in a place where you're traveling the world and you're crossing borders and you're working from pe with people from everywhere, you start to realize that really anything is possible. And it does sound cliche, but yeah, just being able to bounce back from failures and bounce back from hardships and, and things that go wrong is one of the, the characteristics that helps people remain successful for many, many years, regardless of what they're doing. And like knowing when it's time to take a break, knowing when you're burnt out. Um, I burnt out at 21 and Anthony's 22. He's already been all around the world and he's recognizing signs when it's time to take care of yourself and kind of dial things back. Like you don't always have to be like, go, go, go. But there's definitely a balance between living in the moment and like taking advantage of the day and situations, but then also being a human being and, you know, knowing that you need to slow down sometimes. The people that you've met, I know I've seen some of your Instagram posts about how inspired you've been by so many of the locals and uh, foreigners that you've met on the road. Do you think that being exposed to this standards that different people are setting for themselves and their business have, have helped you to grow faster? Like has that kind of like mindset opened your eyes to the fact that it's not what you're allowed to do or a skill set that you're born with? It's really like what you make of it and what you decide you're going to do next. Oh, definitely. Like one of the most one of the most powerful things for me since I started being around these great people 
is just the possibilities that have been opened up to my eyes. So uh, one guy in particular, Jabro Goro, who's one of my best friends and pretty much my mentor, he's introduced me to so many new ways of thinking and then also just introducing me to very successful individuals, people that have really made shit happen. And um, it's really like being around those types of people has just opened my eyes to really what's possible in the world today. Um, I mean, for example, I didn't even I didn't even know what a digital nomad was until like maybe a year and a half ago. Um, and then, you know, going out to Thailand and meeting all these people working on, online, I was like, ah, oh, like people are actually really doing this shit. And I, I, I didn't understand back then that you could actually do that. Things like that. My eyes have just been open to so many new perspectives, so many new ways of thinking. And then Jabro has just guided me in such a good direction. And he's someone just so good to fall back on as well. Any little query I have or any question or like anything I have that's business related or like life related, you know, I can ask to Brill and it, it really just, it helps me in so many different ways because there's always, when you're living away and you're learning and you're, you've got all these new experiences coming at you, there's always a lot of questions that arise. There's always like queries and like little worries that you get that you want addressed. And so Jabril's a really good person to fall back on just business-wise, life-wise. And uh, he's got a lot of experience as well. And so um, being around him and then being around just everyone else as well. People with such positive mindsets. And when you're around people that have pretty much seen the world as well, their level of wisdom is so much higher as like, I feel like it's so much higher as well. Just being around, you know, individuals that have seen and done things that most people haven't. And um, they all do different things. Jabril does his marketing. There's other filmmakers on the crew as well, which I've definitely learned from. I learned some very valuable skills from. And, um, you know, there's other marketers and just so many dope people and so many dope uh, lessons uh, to learn. And so it's changed the course of my life and it's changed kind of what I thought was possible. I meet so many people that have just turned their lives around in the shortest period of time. Like my girlfriend, for example, who I met in, um, in Thailand, she's Burmese. She, in the past two years, so about two years ago, she had like no, no money, nothing. And in the past two years, she's really been working hard at her like online fitness business and she's excelled in it. And now she's completely financially stable, got her own place. And it's just amazing to see. And it's inspiring. You know, when I'm around people like that all the time, it makes it seem so much more attainable, like it's within reach. Like um, even my friends around me, like uh, one of my best friends actually has seen what I've been able to do in such a short period of time, travel the world, make videos. Yeah. And even he, he now wants to quit his job and he wants to start making videos now. Because when you have people around you, you know, close friends, associates that are doing really cool shit, it makes it seem much more, it makes it seem closer and much more attainable. Yeah. And so it's very inspiring when you surround yourself with people like that. I mean, you know the saying, like you become the average of the top five people yeah. you hang out with. So and it's, it's so real. That shit is real. It's real. Yeah. That is some truth. Yeah. And if you don't have five people that, you know, that you want to be the average of in your life, which honestly, for me, I have thousands of friends, thousands of acquaintances, but there's not five people around me all the time. So what do I have to do? I have to find role models online, um, you know, read books, listen to podcasts and, and try to integrate that vibe because there is no time or space. Like everything is connected. So if, you know, you need to kind of program yourself 
and train yourself to how you want your mindset to be and not let other people bring you down. Set yourself up for success. Make sure that everything that you're consuming in the day is positive and is where you want to be going. And don't let the past things that have happened dictate what's going to happen in your future. Like, just go and, you know, just take the first step and you never know where you're going to end up. You could also end up back where you started, which is what happens for a lot of us. Everything comes full circle and it's like you go out into the world, you take these experiences, these perspectives, you create things out of it. And then you come back to like regenerate and regroup and um, and just kind of absorb everything that happened and then go back out there do it again, but with a whole new perspective instead of experiences supporting you. So thanks so much, Ant, for sharing your story and where if people want to follow your journey or get help with how to create videos and all the other things that you're now teaching people online, where can they find you? So if you want to check out my Instagram, uh, it's ant underscore creative. You can put the little tag here. You can check out that page. That pretty much will keep you up to date on what I'm doing, where I am and that kind of thing. If you want to learn more about filmmaking, I actually dropped a brand new ebook where I can teach you basically the basics of filmmaking. It's called uh, The Ultimate Guide uh, to Filmmaking for Beginners. And uh, it basically, it's just got some really cool stuff in there. Stuff that I wish I knew kind of three, four years ago. Yeah. Um, and I think if, if you really want to get into filmmaking, that'll definitely help you out. Um, in addition to that, um, I've got a YouTube channel called Ant Creative. And uh, if you check that out, um, I've got a lot of videos on there. Kind of, um, if you want to learn color grading, I've got videos on color grading, camera movement, basically the technical side of things. It teaches you a lot of that kind of stuff. Uh, I've got some more videos coming soon, so stay tuned for that. But yeah, that's how you can find me. Awesome. I need that. <laughs> I need help with color grading. <laughs> I'll hit you up. So what's next for you? Um, you're staying in London for a while, do some work. And then what are your plans for 2019? So yeah, back in London. Um, I, as I said, I want to get my head straight, you know, um, you know, uh, focus on my physical and mental health. Um, I'm doing a bit of work as well. So I am doing a bit of editing here and there. Um, a little bit of filming as well. Um, but, you know, spending Christmas with the family and uh, hopefully next year I'll continue on my travels, probably be back off to Thailand. And uh, yeah, we got a lot of exciting trips uh, coming up, but more on that soon. Cool. And also, yeah, if people want to check out the travel videos that you make with Jabril, what is his channel? Yes. So the videos I make are for a YouTube channel called Passport Heavy. So check out Passport Heavy. We upload all our videos there. If you're interested in travel content, definitely check out. We go to some really cool places. We talk about cost of living in these places and what to know about certain countries. And we tell it in a kind of a cinematic and quite a cool way. So yeah, definitely check that out as well. Awesome guys, check out and his team over at Passport Heavy, Jabril. I hope to meet them someday as well. Maybe we'll cross paths. And so long for now. Bye from London. Bye-bye.